Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? Are you rejoicing <clears throat> at the overthrow, uh, overturn of Roe v. Wade? We are. There's much, much evil still to be fought in our country. But blessed be God, even in our lifetime, that it should have such uh, evil <clears throat> could be overthrown. So I bless God with you for it. Um, the fight's not over. Is at last count, there are at least ten states that have um, uh, made abortion illegal in the state completely, and there are major corporations, as you already know, who are funding their employees, uh, giving them airfare, giving them money for abortions out of state if their state does not. Um, uh, is not against abortion. So there's still a long way to go, but blessed be God, there are people and justices in the Supreme Court who, who can think still and who, um, who understand that justices should be just. Um, so I bless God for that. Probably a hundred of you can call in with still problems, all of that. Um, there are major problems still, but blessed be God that abortion is no longer legal in the United States as a whole. Uh, um, it's a, just a tremendous um, gift to us within our time. Um, there are so many articles on it, and I, I looked at several, and I wanted to read one by a woman that I've met in New York. Her name is Helen Avare. She's been... Um, she writes for The Hill. She has been um, uh, an abortion uh, fighter for, um, well, as long before I was Catholic. Um, very good, strong woman. And she says that Friday's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson, Women's Health Organization, is a win for the United States, democracy for the Constitution, for women, and yes, the pro-life movement in all its wild diversity and unrelenting spirit, as well as for human rights movements overall. <clears throat> she writes, the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood is a win for the United States, which is now no longer one of the very few countries in the world that allow abortion throughout pregnancy for any reason whatsoever. And I, I would add to that <clears throat> that it has been allowed after pregnancy um, and in some countries... Um, up to some years of birth, some years after birth. It's, it's uh, absolutely demonic. <clears throat> she says, but now one of the most powerful, prosperous, free nations on the globe, that's us, United States, 
no longer considers the right to destroy unborn human beings as a fundamental liberty. This demonstrates that a country can be powerful but humane. And she said it is a win for democracy. The Dobbs majority convincingly demonstrates that five members of the Supreme Court have no right to read their own predilections about abortion into a document that belongs to the people. The people ratified the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. At the time of the passage of the 14th Amendment, the claimed ground of the abortion right invented in Roe and Casey and during every year until Roe, the people voted in their state legislators to ban most or all abortions. It is impossible then for a Supreme Court to say that the people's understanding of liberty has ever included a right to abortion that, um, that might be read into the liberty guarantee of the 14th Amendment. If the people want a constitutional right of abortion, they can vote to place it in the Constitution. Until then, no judge can invent one. It is a win for human life, not because Dobbs promises constitutional protection for unborn human beings, but because for the first time in 49 years, citizens have the chance to argue effectively to protect that life and to try to convince a majority of their fellow Americans. Since Roe, no such argument has been permitted a chance of winning. And then she writes, it is a win for women who have increasingly been pressured to live as if their natural ability to bear children and their desire to rear them are disabilities, a disability affecting their potential for education a disability impairing their economic and employment opportunities, a disability respecting their entire social equality. No, American society, including our economy, should now be required to face the fact that women get pregnant and need help and support support them and throughout their parenting. Support them then... <clears throat> And throughout their parenting, it is a scandal that so many American institutions, especially corporations, act as if all women should model the quote-unquote ideal male worker and come to the public square free of child care responsibilities. Further, Helen Alvari writes, it is a win for the unrelenting efforts of pro-life scholars for over 49 years. This body of scholarship never simply stamped its feet and demanded that everyone adopt a moral respect for unborn life. It argued the biological case for their humanity and their right not to be killed. I add to all this, it's not a religious matter. It's never been a religious matter. Yes, God created us and said, thou shalt not kill. And every abortion is simply murder. It argued about the history and meaning of the 14th Amendment's Liberty Clause. It made the case that traditional judicial respect for past precedents um, could not apply to past decisions 
that are agri- uh, excuse me agrarious agri- I can't even say the word agrariously wrong legally unworkable and totally devoid of respect for the text of the Constitution for history and for president precedent today the majority the majority's opinion in Dobbs, which relies upon this impressive trove of scholarship, vindicates these 49 years of effort. Finally, Helen writes, it is a win for the diverse and underfunded, diverse and underfunded pro-life movement, as well as for every human rights movement, such as the cause of abolition, that just keeps going in the face of unrelenting opposition. Millions of American women and men have fought us to this day, have brought us, I'm so sorry, millions of American women and men have brought us to this day. Whether the leading pro-life organizations or the smaller ones representing Democrats, pro-life feminists, non-violence activists, gays and lesbians, and hundreds more groups, Despite opposition from billionaire pro-choice funders, the leading media, academia, the entertainment industry, and popular culture, they never gave up. May other human rights movements take heart from this day and persist unto their own victories. And there's a byline here that Helen Alvare is Associate Dean for Academic Affairs and the Robert A. Levy Chair in Law and Liberty at the um, Antonin Scalia uh, Scalia Law School at George Mason University. I apologize for my mispronunciations here. Um, I tell you, beloved, um, it's a victory, it's a win, Um, but the enemy will not give up and he will triple his efforts to destroy uh, the child in the mother's room. He will triple his efforts. Um, The the powers of evil uh, are working overtime now to destroy children, to destroy human beings, to manufacture virtual children, to destroy the population. Um, This is a little blip in their evil plan. We cannot relax. We cannot let down. We must fight to make abortion legal, um, illegal, illegal, abortion illegal in every single state. And I say to all those women especially who are pro-choice, which means you're pro-murder. The child in your womb, whether it's one second old or six months old or nine months old, the child in your womb is a human being. At conception, life begins at conception, not at the viability of a baby to live on its own. And if you kill it, you are committing murder. Your body is your choice, but you're not giving the baby any choice at all. It's simply murder, and you're not even, you don't know the value of life and the gift that God has given you uh, through whatever circumstance in allowing you to bring a life into this world. There's the music for our break, beloved. 
Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to the Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your daily host for The Catholic Current. Join me on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern to meet my Station of the Cross colleague, Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth. We'll be talking about what it means to be pro-life now that we're post-Roe. Hear it all on The Catholic Current on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um... I'm thrilled to be with you, and you're able to call in. You're welcome to call in during this entire... I know my voice is a little hoarse. I'm so sorry. Um, And I apologize for the encores we've been running, but we should be with you every single day this week. Um, And I'm thrilled to be with you, and our lines are wide open. Um, Our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, let me just see. We, we I want to catch up on a few emails that we have here um, for you. We have one from Sally, and she said, um, Sally writes, Dear Mother Miriam, <clears throat> this is Sally from Canada, and I really need your guidance for some questions. Does our Lord Jesus or the Bible condemn all kinds of astrology? Is there a kind of Christian ast- uh, astrology as an exception? Will any Catholic priest endorse a so-called Christian astrologer who claims to be a Catholic evangelist and also a prophet as recognized by Catholic Church, which 
in the, uh, someone in the Jesuit uh, order. There has been a YouTube channel, and she has the name here, Zula, uh, Julia Zhu, Z-H-U, a Belgian astrologer since 2020, giving teachings for the Book of Revelation, giving prophets according to astrology. <clears throat> what really confuses us is that the YouTuber says she is a member of Jesuit society and endorsed by Catholic priests. In this turbulent time, what she, the YouTuber, says is very attractive or attempting to all who want to seek guidance in this world. And then she quotes Isaiah chapter 47. Quote, let the astrologers stand forth to save you, the stargazers who forecast at each new moon what would happen to you. Lo, well, she's, she's, she's excerpted a couple of verses from three verses, verses 12 to 15. She hasn't included the whole thing. Lo, they are like stubble. Fire consumes them. They cannot save themselves from the spread of flames. God forbids divination, uh, astrology, all of that. She says, but every Christian who ever tries to challenge the YouTuber gets cursed from the YouTuber as she says she will be a priest after the Lord Jesus' second visit to the world. Well, that's enough. That's enough to tell you that she's from Satan. That's enough to tell you. Number one, um, everyone who tries to challenge her gets cursed by her. Um, if she were legitimate, uh, then she would help them and teach. She wouldn't curse them. Um, if she, she, a woman, says she'll be a priest after our Lord Jesus' second visit to the world, that's enough to tell you that she's under Satan's power. A woman will never be a priest. Um, uh, she says, I, Sally says, I, as a believer of Lord, of Lord Jesus Christ, I'm seeking your guidance on this. Please give your kind advice. Pray for peace and strength. Sally, she is from the devil. And uh, if people are, I've never heard of her, but if people are following her, they're following evil. Uh, there's plenty to follow to if you simply follow the Catholic Church. Um, um, here's a question um, from... Um, uh, Catholic Answers, uh, answered by Father Hugh Barber, um, who um, is um, one of the holiest, most outstanding priests. He's a Norbertine, um, and he was my spiritual director when I was in California, um, and the chaplain of Catholic Answers for many years. He was no longer now because he's been sent on to other duties, and uh, um, Catholic Answers now has a new and wonderful chaplain, um, uh, and his the title of his article is Steer Clear of Modern Astrology, and the question is, is it wrong to study astrology as medieval scholars did, as long as it is not used for occult purposes? And... Um, and Father Barber says the short answer is yes. Um... Uh, he says that um, it, it's a too long an article um, for me to read. Um, he says natal astrology, that is um, to find out the situation uh, at the time of your birth uh, of the universe is not against the law of God because it does not make any claim to predict the future 
this is the point, or assert that human freedom can be determined by the heavenly bodies. Thus, St. Albert the Great, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Alphonse Liguori, all allow it. St. Alphonsus even says that a horoscope written from the point of view of the minute and location of a person's birth is licit as long as it does not claim to predict the future but only indicates tendencies found in nature. The real question is whether or not any of the claims of classical astrology, such as you can find in any copy of the Farmer's Almanac for gardening, even today, are borne out by what we know in modern terms scientifically. It is clear from sacred scripture that God can and does use the heavenly bodies as signs of his will and his plans for us. Um, Father Hugh goes on to say, after all, the Magi who sought the Lord were astrologies, astrologers. <clears throat> and the star really did guide them to the Savior. But this star, by its behavior, was clearly not one of the fixed stars that are studied in astrology normally. It was utterly unique even resting over a particular house in which the Savior was to be found with his blessed mother. Um, <clears throat> he says these are interesting questions, but we must not let them absorb our attention too much. What is clear, Father Hugh Barber says, is that what modern people regard as outmoded superstition does not necessarily contradict the faith. And so the faithful are free to consider these things and even to believe in them if they find rational justification in them. There are plenty of people who still plant and harvest looking to the indications in the Albanac and they do not sin in doing so. Um, let me read another point here. Hold on. Um, But to use horoscopes, again, um, let me see. Uh, I want to read you straight from the catechism. So again, we're looking at the, uh, the signs of the time of one's birth, perhaps, or the time, time of, a, uh, of an event, um, but not to predict the future. The catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, paragraph 2116, says, All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. And, and this was clear in Scripture too. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots and phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. God can reveal, this is still from the Catechism, God can reveal the future to his prophets or to other saints. Still, and, and I'd say even he did so in the Old Testament, and he does so today. There are prophets that have been, that do, uh, have been given the gift of prophesying and revealing the, the, the future. And um, um, 
and these are saints and prophecies that have been approved by the church. God can, quote here, God can reveal the future to his prophets or to other saints. Still, a sound Christian attitude consists in putting oneself confidently into the hands of providence for whatever concerns the future and giving up all unhealthy curiosity about it. Improvidence, however, can constitute a lack of responsibility. Um, and um, here, uh, one, one further question I'll take in. What should I do if I have read a horoscope or visited a fortune teller? If you have been consulting your horoscope, visited a fortune teller involved in conjuring spirits, or used a Ouija board, you should go to confession as soon as you can. These acts may be mortal sins, or they may be venial sins, depending on the circumstances. But nonetheless, they are considered sin and require repentance. Um, oh, there could be much more discussion on this, beloved. But put your trust in God. Put your trust, dear Sally, in God alone, and whoever this so-called um, astrologer is, I'm going to tell you that she is from the devil because she's saying that she's going to pre- be a priest after the second coming of our Lord. She's saying things that are from Satan and not from God. It's enough to let you know that. Have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Um, we have a... Um, Hold on now, let's see. Um, We have a Facebook comment here from Ethel. And Ethel says, Good morning, Mother. I've been diligently trying to convert to the Catholic faith by reading and following you, Father Imbarato, Joe and Joe, Father Chris uh, Alar, and more reputable names you mentioned during your programs. I'm faithfully reading the Baltimore Catechism. I recently purchased a rosary and learned to do it correctly and subscribed to the Magnificat. I'm writing to ask for advice on finding a parish. I fear the ones in my town as they appear to be liberal. I have Catholic friends who faithfully attend Mass, but I see the liberal thoughts in them, and I don't want to be caught up in that. I'm willing to drive a distance. If I knew where to go, I'm loving your program, Mother. It's you who led me out of Protestantism. Well, dear one, um, Ethel, dear one, I, I bless God for what he's doing in your heart. I'm, I'm truly grateful for it. Um, I don't know where you live um, or, or what churches are near you, Uh, My advice would be to find the closest Latin Mass, even if you have to drive an hour or more. Find the closest Latin parish and go to the priest and tell him you'd like to uh, either enter the church or take instruction to come into the church, and you should be safe. Um, If you cannot find a Latin parish, um, you might call Catholic Answers, their uh, catholic.com is the website their numbers on the website give them a call and ask them if they can lead you to the um the best catholic parish 
according to where you live. Um, and if you can maybe let me know that, I might be able to help you as well. So look for a Latin parish, and, and you will be safe. Look for an FSSSP parish, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have a whole half hour to ourselves and our lines are open and I would love to hear from you with anything at all on your heart. Um, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the com. We have a Facebook comment from Philip who writes, Mother, do you think they will ever reinstate the traditional Latin mass? Well, dear Philip, uh, the answer is yes. It is the Mass our Lord gave, and the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. Um, it's never fully been taken away, um, and um, uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, um, has given approval to the FSSP, um, the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter, and they are Um, all over the country and the world now. So there are many other Latin Masses, the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, um, many individual Latin Masses in diocese, um, but uh, special approval 
for the fraternity of the Society of St. Peter. So the Latin Mass, Blessed Be God, is still with us. Um, And Philip, dear, I don't know where you live, but I would do whatever you can to attend the Latin Mass, the traditional Latin Mass. Um, And I would count on the fact that um, nothing is stable in the church. Uh, I... I'm not going to hesitate to say that our Holy Father is, you know, we, we used light language um, to say that he's causing a tremendous amount of confusion. But I, I think it needs to be said that he's setting out to destroy the church. Um, I know that's a strong statement. I, I don't know how anyone can conclude anything else. Um, I I cannot conclude he simply has a different philosophy of Christianity or Catholicism. I cannot even conclude that he's Catholic based on what he's doing. I cannot. Um, Whether he's Pope or not, I cannot say that. I I am not in a position to say if he's the true Pope or not. I won't enter into that discussion. Uh, I've, I've read people on many sides of the issue, good people, but um, I have no way to, to know that. But I cannot understand that he's Catholic. There's an article in LifeSite um, uh, yesterday, I think it is. Let me see. I don't see the date here. Um, yes, it was um, a Wednesday, no, last week, June 22nd. And it says that Pope Francis is shaking up the church in the U.S., And nowhere is that more evident than Phoenix, where he recently appointed a new bishop with disturbing ties to homosexual activists, including a prominent drag queen. Um, Earlier this month, just days after naming ultra-liberal San Diego Bishop Robert McElroy to, um, after naming him a cardinal, Francis announced that promotion, the promotion of McElroy's auxiliary bishop, John Dolan, to the Diocese of Phoenix. For 20 years, the Diocese of Phoenix has had a most holy and wonderful bishop in Bishop Thomas Olsted. On his retirement, the Holy Father is putting in um, this bishop, John Dolan, um, The article says his installation is scheduled for August. Um, And um, uh, there are liberal commentary, uh, excuse me, liberal commenters are cheering Dolan's appointment, um, rightly describing it as a seismic shift in leadership and a significant ideological shift. Indeed, in stark contrast to Bishop Olmsted, Dolan has a scandalous pro-homosexual background, one nearly as troubling is as Mick Elroy's. So it's not just, in my mind, in stark contrast to Bishop Olmsted. It's in stark contrast to the Catholic faith, period. I cannot believe that such a bishop is Catholic. I cannot believe that the Holy Father who has appointed him is Catholic. Uh, the article um, goes on to say, while serving as auxiliary bishop of San Diego, Dolan presided over a pro-LGBT mass in a largely homosexual neighborhood, allowed a nationally known drag queen activist 
who alleged that he requested the mass to speak at the event and accepted an award from the man on behalf of an international drag queen uh, network. Um, Dolan had previously pastored the same church where he allowed another homosexual activist to promote dissident views and target faithful Catholics. Um, Weeks before his appointment to the Episcopate, Dolan attended a summit of heterodox group New Ways Ministry, even after parishioners warned him about the organization's LGBT agenda. As Bishop of Phoenix, Dolan will oversee one of the largest and fastest growing dioceses in America and a long list of Catholic institutions, including 94 parishes, 23 missions, more than two dozen elementary schools, several high schools, three universities, and a seminary, according to the Associated Press. And it says the faithful... um, should brace themselves. The faithful in Arizona should brace themselves. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to stop. It's a long article on LifeSite News, beloved, and and you can read it. Um, he is he celebrated mass for families of the LGBT community. Um, um, it it just it's it's horrible. So um, again. I I believe that this one world government, uh, the so-called Great Reset, is out to destroy the entire world. The entire world. They care less for religion. They want it abolished. But I believe that the Holy Father, who is their, who is their Pope, um, I I cannot imagine that he's Catholic. Uh, and doing this. I just simply cannot imagine what he's doing um, flies in the face of Catholicism, of the Catechism, of of the Ten Commandments, of everything that God has taught uh, f- through his church for 2,000 years and through his people for 6,000 years. Um, homosexuality, um, the whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities were put to death in the Old Testament. Uh, Paul writes in the New Testament that no homosexual shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who who could care less for their souls as instead to get them out of homosexuality to rather promote it and affirm their lifestyles, will be in the road to hell with them. There's no other conclusion that anyone could make. It's not my conclusion. It's the Catholic faith's teaching. Um, it, it's, it's awful, beloved. So be on your guard. Um, people in the Phoenix Diocese, um, you've done so well for the 20 years that... Uh, Bishop Olmsted has led you. Do not give in. Do not give in. Be prepared for a fight. Do not give in to the evil that the Holy Father has put upon you through Bishop Dolan. Do not give in to it. Live your faith. Live your faith no matter what it takes. Live your faith and do not compromise. If you're in a parish and there's a homosexual mass, you leave that parish. Don't say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Leave the parish. I don't care if you drive two hours to Mass. Leave any parish that uh, is 
ruled by demonic forces. And if someone teaches and practices homosexuality and a, and a so-called mass for the LGBT community, it is simply uh, 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 run by the devil himself. Um, we have a Facebook comment by Michael uh, who just asked this question. Why do you use Holy Father if he is not Catholic by acts and deeds? Michael, I tell you, I cringe when I say that word, Holy Father. Um, <clears throat> holy does not mean that he is chaste, or I don't say he's not chaste, or that he is um, holy in what he does. He is the Holy Father because the whole word holy means to be set apart, to be consecrated. And indeed, he is that by his ordination. He is the Pope, otherwise known as the Holy Father, not just a father to the sheep as a priest, but a Holy Father as the chief bishop of the church who is holy because he is set apart. Every Catholic is holy, even if he's living a homosexual lifestyle. He's certainly not holy in practice, but everyone at our baptism, we are holy. We are set apart from the world to God. If we disgrace God, if we uh, live a sinful life, if we teach what is opposed to the Catholic faith, um, we are children of the devil. But again, we are set apart. So, I, I cringe when I say Holy Father uh, because he is not holy in the sense of truly being set apart and leading his people, but that is his title. I think I'm going to, I, I just cringed when I said it a minute ago, I think I'll just say the Pope or Pope Francis from now on. Um, I understand that. Uh, he is not holy. He is not Catholic by his acts and deeds. You are very right, Michael. Um, but he is the pontiff, um, and as long as he's the pontiff, he has the title of Holy Father, ever more disgraceful when he doesn't live up to it. Um, we have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, um, Dear Mother Miriam, could you regularly speak about chastity, virginity, self-respect, and self-control as the most powerful tools to combat the evil of abortion. Whoever you are, Anonymous, you are 100% right. <clears throat> Chastity, virginity, self-respect, and self-control are the most powerful tools to combat the evil of abortion and the evil of our day. My hope and prayer, this person writes, is that the bishops and priests would hear your message and courageously and consistently preach these values. Also, uh, this one writes, Are you familiar with the documentary titled Mass of the Ages? It is a three-part series on the traditional Latin Mass and can be found on YouTube. It is well worth watching. I am familiar with it, dear one. I have not watched it through. I've seen bits and pieces and read articles on it and had uh, very faithful Catholics uh, give it high praise. So I will direct everybody to the Mass of the Ages and tell you, yes, it is well worth watching. Um, 
Thank you. This one says, for your faithfulness and your good example, I pray for you daily. Well, God bless you. And thank you so much um, for your your for your email, for your comment on Facebook. Facebook. Um, I agree that chastity, virginity, self-respect, and self-control are powerful tools, if not the most powerful tool. Um, um, I have a part of an article that I want to read to you when we come back. It will be our last segment, beloved, and you're welcome to call in again with anything on your heart. It does not have to be what we speak of. It, the, uh, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, and the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, we'll be right back. deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Another woman has died from so-called safe and legal abortion in New York City. Complications from the abortion required a 37-year-old woman to be transferred to a hospital where she later died after bleeding heavily. We are talking here about legal clinics, not back alleys. Making abortion legal did not make it safe. And the sooner the public understands that, the better. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this is our last segment. We have a little over 10 minutes 
And um, I want to respond uh, more thoroughly to the email from Anonymous that asks that we speak about chastity, virginity, self-respect, self-control as the most powerful tools to combat the evil of abortion. Um, there's something very wonderful that I'd like to read you, but it's a little too long uh, for the time we have left this morning, so I will, I will get to it tomorrow, first thing. Um, we have a, a comment. Um, uh, let me see now. Uh, from, we have an email from Christine, um, who says, Dear Mother Miriam, my sister is a Torah observant Christian. The Torah, of course, is the first five books of the Bible. The Tor- a Torah observant Christian, which is a Hebrew roots movement that Gentiles are taking on as their own. Please comment on your thoughts about it. Thank you and God bless you. I want to say, Christine, that it's impossible to be a Torah observant Christian. It is impossible. It's also impossible for any Jewish person today to be a Torah-observant Jew. The Torah, the first five books written by Moses, required blood sacrifices for the remission of sin. All those animals, and all those animals that were killed uh, on the Day of Atonement for Israel, when the high priest went into um, the Holy of Holies to atone for the unintentional sins of, Israel, of the nation, and then throughout the year where they offered bulls and goats and lambs for their willful sin, um, God said, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Um, so there's several problems here. Number one, None of these Torah-observant Christians, I'm going to venture to say, kill a lamb. None of them kill animals in payment for their sin. Um, and if they did, it would, it would be meaningless, because no, none of those dead animals could pay for sin. They were, God says, a kapoor, a covering for sin, and they were assigned, millions of them, to the point to the one who would be the true Lamb of God, who would come to take upon himself not the sin of individuals only, but of the entire world, past, present, and future. Christ is the Lamb of God, the only satisfactory offering to God. Um, No one could offer another sacrifice that is satisfactory. None of the Old Testament sacrifices could satisfy the wrath of God, but in obedience to them, God covered their sins just as he passed over the houses in Egypt that night when he saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Um, That lamb was killed in the place of the firstborn being killed. But again, they were dead sacrifices. They had no power to save or to change the heart of the worshiper. They all were signs to point to the one who would one day come and take upon himself the sin of the entire world, as I say, past, present, and future, as when Jesus came into the Jordan and John the Baptist looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the only acceptable sacrifice. So, to be a Torah-observant Christian, that means you do not believe in Christ uh, as the sacrifice. Uh, To be a Christian is to be a follower of Christ. It is to be a Christ, E-N, I-A-N, tacked on to a word, is a, is a, um, um, a, it's possessive, what do I want to say when you tack 
onto a word I, I forget right now. Um, it means that you belong to Christ. It's possessive. You're a Christian. It was a, it was a derogatory term that the Jews called the Jews who believed, the Jews who didn't believe, called the Jews who did believe. It's a suffix. That's what I, the word I'm looking for. They called them uh, a, a slave of Christ. You are his slave. You are Christians. And, and the Jews who believed in Christ, which is the English word through the Greek for Messiah, they said, we'll take it. We like it. We, well, that's exactly who we are. We belong to Christ. So you cannot belong to Christ and believe he is the final and the only sacrifice for sin and absorb the, absorb, observe excuse me, the Torah. You'd have to be killing lambs and animals. You cannot do that. And so um, further, uh, the temple has been destroyed. That's why I said not even Jews can be observant Jews Torah today because there is no more temple. It was destroyed in 70 AD. There is no more sacrifice for sins and there cannot be in human terms because the temple was destroyed and in order for the Jewish people to reinstate the sacrificial system they need they've been trying to find a red heifer for years who's without spot or blemish that they can kill him and purify an altar by the ashes of a red perfect heifer they've never been able to find him nor have they been able to find the tabernacle of old that supposedly contains the ashes of a red heifer they cannot do it no one can be a torah observant jew or a torah observant christian it's it's it might be a Hebrew roots movement, but it's, um, it's, it, it doesn't have truth. It denies who Christ is. Jesus said, I did not come uh, to abolish, but to fulfill the law. It's fulfilled in him. You, you, the law, as given to Moses, no longer exists. It, it is fulfilled in Christ, who is Again, the law's fulfillment. Paul wrote to the Galatians that the law was our schoolmaster, our tutor, to lead us to Christ. Once we have Christ, the true Lamb of God, we don't go back and slaughter old animals that are utterly, utterly meaningless, and we have no temple to perform that in anymore. So, um, Christine, your sister has bought into some cult that is completely born of heresy and misunderstanding of what Christianity is. Um, if you want to know what a true Hebrew Christian or Hebrew Catholic is, to be a Catholic is to have the fulfillment of Judaism and the full measure of Christianity. Go to HebrewCatholic.net. One word, singular. HebrewCatholic.net and you will see who true Hebrew Christians are and how they observe the fulfillment of the law in the Jewish Messiah. Everything you need to know in history, books, converts, teaching, everything is on that website, HebrewCatholic.net. Uh, go there. And you will see there's a couple of other sites. Salvation is from the Jews.com and secondexodus.com. Those websites will teach truth and um, help such people to not live in their own world in error 
to be a Torah observer is to have no sacrifice for sin, is to have heaven not opened for you. Um, beloved, oh dear, uh, what should I what should I say? Um, anyone who wants to help people uh, to truly, um, uh, if you want to absorb uh, observe the Torah, then you have to. Um, come under the one who wrote the Torah, who is Christ, who wrote all of Scripture. Um, if you observe the Torah, then uh, apart from Christ, um, then you are um, in Satan's world, not God's. I know this is strong, but I have to get strong sometimes when time is short. Um, you're either a Christian or you're Jewish, but in either case, there's no temple today, and you cannot observe the Torah. Um, the law was fulfilled in the lawgiver, and only in him can you please the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's our music, beloved. Um, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you, and keep up the fight, beloved, because the forces of evil are going to triple. God bless you. <laughs>